Hey y'all, I'm Maddie, author, speaker, and certified sommelier. I think we can all agree that life can get pretty tough at times. So I'm going on a journey to uncover how some of my favorite people are chasing joy in their lives. And I'm bringing you along with me. Through personal stories and funny encounters, I'm chatting with authors and entrepreneurs, musicians and brands to learn how they hang on to the good in life, even as the trouble comes. Because as life gets hard, joy is a choice we can make together. I'm Maddie, and this is the Enjoy Life Podcast. Hey guys, this week's guest is so full of energy and life. And are you ready for this resume? Okay. Mary Hollis Huddleston is an entrepreneur, a Southern novelist, an entertaining enthusiast. Um, she is a mom of two and a wife. She has two collaborative table and home decor lines with Dillard's and Southern Living. I mean, come on. And Last but not least, she is also a Nashville native, so we connect on that in a lot of ways. But she is just such a ball of fun and has really made an almost two-decade career around events and entertaining. We talk a lot about how entertaining and hosting and parties, big or small, are not frivolous, but actually a really important way to celebrate the daily joys and and to kind of love people in a proactive way. So we talk a lot about that because that is her specialty. She even gives us some kind of tips and tricks on how to entertain with less responsibility and less burden, which I know it can feel like a lot to do on your own. And she's great about that. But mostly we talk about sort of the, the mantra that she has adopted in the last couple decades of life, and that is the art of the pivot. That is the resounding theme of how she does business, how she lives her life. And I think it's something that I really took a lot away from. In terms of her professional world, she's been in a lot of the different facets of the wedding and event industry. Um, we talk about her Instagram platform, Miss Southern Social, her incredibly successful premier event rental company here in Nashville, Please Be Seated, which sidebar I used for my first wedding and my book launch party. She has the most phenomenal things and how dead ends in all of these different parts of her professional world are actually what taught her to pivot and has provided her all of these different opportunities and revenue streams as a business person. But that that idea and perspective applies so much to our personal lives as well. I mean, she is a mom and a wife and she's juggling all these different businesses. She's just releasing her second novel this summer. I mean, she there aren't enough hours in the day, but we talk about the fact that she doesn't believe that we can really do balance the way we hope we do, but that we can have it all. We just can't have it all at the same time and that it's learning grace and priorities in the art of the pivot. So there's so much that we can learn from her as people, as entrepreneurs, as women, and she's just a joy to be with. We had such a good time. We laugh a lot. We even talk a little bit of, of wedding stuff at the end. I Her book, her new book called Piece of Cake will be coming out right after my wedding, and we get into a couple of the gritty details about that. So if you guys just want a little lightness uh, for about an hour in your day, tune in to this interview with Mary Hollis Huddleston.
Mary, welcome to the Enjoy Life podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. We were already chatting a mile a minute before we started recording. So I was like, you know what? Let's just get to it. Like, let's have the listeners get all the good stuff, get to know you and how we start because it's Music City and you're a native too. I am. We're like unicorns, you One and I. One in a million. There's none I mean, of us left here. None. So what would be a walkout song for your life right now, 2023? So for this year, it's a, it's quote unquote a little boring. It's I Can See Clearly Now. Oh, I can see clear. That's right. Now. Scrap that. Spent, Let's play the actual there track. <laughs> there you go. Uh, listen, you, that was great. You, oh, yeah. I mean, you do have, you know, some song, some, some DNA. Some, yeah, it's yeah. in your DNA. This is my, I've spent the past three years like really hustling and working almost to the point of like having a nervous breakdown. Mm. And my word for the year is fruitful. And I feel like already mm. God's been so good. I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about this. So many doors opened the past mm-hmm. few years, and I went through all of them, and so many blessings came from that. But I needed like a moment to just take it all in. Yeah. I do feel like now, especially where my kids, their ages, yeah. it's such a good time. Like the, I feel like there's just positivity. The yeah. rain is gone. The sun is shining. Yeah. Things are good right now, and I'm gonna soak that. Yeah, soak all of them in. I think that's awesome. My word, since you said that for this year, was savor, and it's kind of the same. Yeah. Like, implying don't just go, go, go and consume and consume and so, so, so. Just let some of it seep in. And I think what's cool about that is like when you say the rain is gone, it's a lot of good rain. Like it wasn't even bad rain. It was positive in that you can be weighed down by good things and it's still good to stop and pause and savor. Absolutely. Rain brings fruit. I know we're now getting very, yes, fruitful. And so I'm going to harvest the fruit. Harvest that fruit. It's time to harvest the fruit. Put it in a beautiful bowl. Put it on your beautiful (laughs) table. That's right. That's right. I'm not going to cook with it. I'm not going (laughs) to cook with it, but I will decorate with it. Yes. Side question. Do you ever read Julia Reed? Had you ever read, you know who she is? Yes. Okay. You, I was just, when I was getting ready for this chat with you, I was like, if she doesn't love Julia Reed or know her in a past life, like something is not aligned. Well, that is a world. huge compliment. So thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, that's thank all you. I could think about. That's so kind. So I already kind of read off to all our people your very long list and, and resume of what you do. So I want to ask you, like in this time that I feel like we're kind of finally coming back into a positive swing as a society, at least after these totally last several years. Totally agree. So why is entertaining and hospitality so important? Like why does it matter and why is it not? frivolous, you know, like what, what does it pour into your life? Well, like we just spoke about, I think you have to celebrate life as you know, very well, there are lots of ups and there are lots of downs. And if you don't stop to really like enjoy the moments, you'll look back and think like, why didn't I just relish in that moment? I mean, even my children, like I was saying, I was not a baby person. (laughs) <laughs> Just not. Thought something was wrong with me till my pediatrician, who was actually my pediatrician and is now my kids, said to me one day after I was confiding in her some feelings, she said, Mary, I loved my kids. I didn't like them till they were in kindergarten. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that makes me feel better. Yeah. I love this stage yeah. of life. And I didn't really like it before. And so I'm just trying to relish it because they're going to be teenagers and then I'm probably going to hate it again. You know, who knows what will happen with my career? There have been so many like ups and downs. So I'm just really trying to soak it in. And I think that is that relates to entertaining. Like enjoy all the moments that you can. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go crazy and have a right, massive party. Right. You can if you want. But <laughs> just the small things. Like yeah. we recently had a, my dad just finished 
treatment from throat cancer and he's mm. in recovery. And we had a cancer shucks party and just had a really fun <laughs> oyster party at my house. That's awesome. Just to thank all the people for doing yeah. stuff. And it meant so much to him. So things like that, they just bring so much joy. And yes, it's a lot of work, but it's a really great way, especially if you're a host at heart, to share love for other people. Yeah, I agree with that. And for people who maybe don't feel like they're a host at heart or also don't like to cook or you know, maybe don't feel like they have the supplies to even put on a family oyster shucks party, you know, like how would you encourage those people? Like, because part of what you do, especially with Miss Southern Social, but in general is say like, look guys, it's not that hard. Delegate. That was like my word that I used for years and years. I don't say it as much anymore, but what's cool about the time that we live in now is there's so many great vendors and resources out there. Most of the time now you can pay someone to do it for more affordable than you could make it yourself. Yeah. Even in flower arranging right now, if you were to go buy flowers because the price of flowers is so high, you're going to spend just as much as paying a florist to do it, and they're going to probably do a better job. Yeah. So right now, just use the resources you have. For that oyster shucks party, there's a company that came and did all of it. They That's shucked amazing. the oysters, they grilled them, they cleaned up after, we hired a bartender. So, you know, maybe you can't afford to do everything, but certainly lean into the thing that's not your strength. Totally. I think what I love about Miss Southern Social, which tell everybody if they don't follow you already what that platform is, is you call uh, yourself traditional with a twist. So when you say traditional with a twist, is that what you mean? Like, just don't feel so burdened to do everything like our moms did? Is it freedom? Is that what that means for you? Absolutely. I love my sterling silver tea set. (laughs) I'm old school, but will I polish it myself? No. You know, there's now all of these tips and tricks on how to do it. For example, I always tell the story. I called my mom once. I was trying to make something fancy when I was trying to cook. I've just kind of (laughs) given it all up. And I said, mom, how do I make a hollandaise sauce? And she said, Mary, or I said, do you have an easy recipe? She goes, Mary, get the pouch, add the milk or the water, whatever. (laughs) She was like, that's where you need to be cutting corners. And you used to have to make everything from scratch. I mean, my grandmother, when I was growing up, she would smock our dresses because Mm -hmm. you couldn't find smock dresses. Now you can find them for like 20 bucks a piece and it used to be $200. On Etsy. Correct. (laughs) That's my point is like, there's so many ways now to embrace that traditional, all those traditional things that I love, Mm. especially as being a Southerner, but to not have to spend all day working on it like my grandmother did. Smarter, not harder, sister. Amen. (laughs) That's also my motto this year. Work smarter, not harder. Is there anything that stands out to you when you think about, say, your grandmother and her home and the way that she entertain because I feel like we all have this. It's like the one item or the one dish That's or right. the one we, tradition. We do. And it seems very cliche because we all say like our grandmother, you know, Reese Witherspoon talks about it, yeah. but it's true. Yeah. Um, my love for entertaining came from my grandmother's home and hers was place settings. Now mm. she also was a fabulous cook, yeah. but I will never be that. That just, it's, I've tried. It's yep. not in my DNA, but setting a beautiful table is. And she always, we ate with her sterling silver. We eat with my sterling silver. I put my sterling silver in the dishwasher. Oh, that. I feel like a weight has been lifted. There you go. Yes, I am giving you permission to use your sterling silver. And as long as you don't dry it on high heat, it's totally fine. That is Use those things. We entertain with my fine china. Like, why are you waiting to Mm -hmm. bring it out? I mean, maybe you wait when you have very young children because they can. Obviously. Right. But no, I entertain with my nice crystal just like I do my, you know, the stuff we use outside. I mean, life is short. Use it. Amen. And people appreciate it. Otherwise, what what do you have it for? Can you, do you put China in the dishwasher? 
Now, I don't put my, I can't, I can put some of it in. I don't put my parent in the dishwasher. Okay, okay. No, I hand wash that. So yes, that says it come out as much <laughs> as some of, but the good news is now if you're buying fine china, most of it can be put in the dishwasher. I mean, everything has advanced and made it easier. That's Correct. the point. That's right. Well, y'all should follow Miss Southern Social because it is Thank a you. phenomenal resource, as you can tell from me just picking your brain right now about what to wash how. Thank so, you. <laughs> um, but in addition to that, that is not any, by any means, the only main thing you do. You own Please Be Seated, which I told everybody about in the intro, which is a premier event rental company, which I have used for my wedding, my sister's wedding, my book launch. You've been a great client. Thank you. Um, And so tell us about that. Tell us what you do there, how long you've had Please Be Seated, and sort of your journey into that entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Please Be Seated is almost 10 years old, which is wild. As you know, time flies. The very quick and dirty version is I was a wedding planner in Dallas for a long time. I fell into wedding planning, and that's where obviously the stories from the books have come from, or the inspiration, I should say. But when I moved here to Nashville, when my daughter turned one, we knew we wanted to raise our family here. My husband's from Dallas. I'm from Nashville, but we knew we wanted to live here. I picked up a few weddings on the side to plan, and I very quickly realized there were no party rentals. And this was, again, 10 years ago, kind of before Nashville really took off, like it's been growing the past few years. And I met with some of the wedding planners. Nashville's a small town, Mm -hmm. as you know. In so many ways. So I met with, for example, your wedding planners, yep. Jane and Debbie, Hugh Hauser, some of the OG planners in town. And I said, if I brought some of these things and showed them pictures of what we had in Dallas, fancy bars, fancy dining chairs, just upscale rentals, I said, would you use this? And they said, we'd book it for next weekend. Yeah. So what started is like a little side hustle in my house turned into 100 employees, 100,000 square foot warehouse. I own eight or more 20 foot trucks. Like, I don't even know. I mean, it's crazy. God has been so good. But my husband runs that company now and I still do the buying, but I'm not as involved as I used to be. And y'all go all over the South. All over. We love to travel. It's awesome. Thank you. Part of what I like about your approach to all of that is that you, I think, set a very good example for people who do want to be an entrepreneur or do want to just start a new project or, you know, veer into a new arena for their life is that you took risks, which is always necessary to grow something. But I think you did it very strategically and didn't try to blow the whole thing out of the water at once. Is that correct? I feel like yes, I, this absolutely. is what yeah. I've we started with um, Yes, we started with high-end rentals. And then as we grew and knew that we wanted to be able to service more people with a bigger price range, we went into all rentals. So we did grow into a bit. Yes, we grew organically. And I think that's important. And I also, in everything that I've done, I've really stayed in my lane as mm. far as like where my expertise is. Mm-hmm. I think if you have something, have, you know, a talent, have a story to tell, any of that, you will be successful. But I think it was easier for me because I knew what I was doing in the sense, had I ever owned a rental company? No, but I knew weddings and my husband knew business. So we were able to like merge the two of those things. Definitely. And y'all, like you said, have been around about 10 years now. Congratulations. For people who are on the early stages of something like this, who haven't made it to that 10 year point, How do you encourage them, like, just hold on? I mean, was there a point where you were like, okay, we're stable, this is succeeding, I can breathe, or is it always ongoing? No, we did. So we were prior (laughs) to 2020, not just COVID, but we were hit by the tornado. And we ended up, that's a whole other story, but the tornado ended up saving us from a lot of the negative, the downfall of COVID with the party rental business. We had insurance from the tornado that 
carried us through the year of no parties. And so, again, it just shows you that, you know, things can work out. It's hard when you're in the moment. Like, Uh we thought we were going to basically fail because we were going into wedding season and we had the biggest book of business on record. And then all of a sudden, we thought we were going to have to cancel clients. Well, the clients started canceling on us before we even canceled them. Anyway, there are always going to be highs and lows. You will have to hustle harder than you've ever hustled in the early stages. Paul and I almost killed each other. I had a baby (laughs) strapped on the front. I was pregnant with another at times. Um, there's never a good time to start a business. Mm. Just like I say, there's never a good time to start a family. You just got to do, do what it. you got to do. Jump in. And w- I always, two things I tell people is never be afraid to ask for something. The answer can always be no. Yeah. But if you don't ask, you don't know. And often the answer is yes. Yeah. And just always sometimes say yes before you even have it. We were promising products we didn't have on hand, but we knew we could get them. I love that. And we made it work. So yeah. you just have to hustle. And there will be times where you can relax. We're getting into that stage again now. We yes. were there again right before COVID. Thanks it's taken us this long. Exactly. We can take a <laughs> breath, yeah. gather the fruit again. But Yeah. I mean, just when you think sometimes you can take a break, you never know. And sometimes you may have to hustle again. Yeah. Well, that brings me to a question that I think everybody wonders, no matter what's going on in their lives, no matter what balls they're juggling. And you're juggling lots with your family, with Please Be Seated, with your Instagram platform, with your books that I cannot wait to talk about. Do you think balance is really something we can achieve? And I don't mean that like a loaded question. <laughs> no, it is. No, it is. Everybody talks about this. Yeah. And now I think finally we're becoming, women are becoming just on more honest about it. You cannot, there's no, there's no balance. There's no, you can't have it all at the same time. Yeah. Something is going to have to always give. Yes, you can have it all in the same time in the sense that I have all these jobs, I have two kids, but there are seasons where someone is suffering, whether it's my, you know, business and I'm not leaning into that as much and I'm leaning more into my kids because they need me more or vice versa. It's actually, I thought it was much easier to run a business when they were babies because they don't really really know when you're gone. I mean, they do, but like you can have a babysitter, you can have a nanny. Now my children know when I'm not Mm -hmm. at something and, you know, they are very aware of Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. And so I think it's almost easier to do that kind of stuff when they were, when they're young than when it is when they're older. Now, of course you find a way to do it. I wrote a second book last year, which was the busiest year of my life, but you just make time. People it's just like dating. They, what is it? He's just not that into you. People make time for what they want. True. If you want it, you're going to make time for it. But something will always have to, you know, give. I think the hard part is even when people embrace that truth, because it is true, you cannot have it all at the same time. I like that you said it that way. But is it just about priorities and how those priorities shift season to season, day to day, and then letting yourself off the hook Yes. For the stuff that happens to be at the bottom on that day. Absolutely. There are going to be days where you were like, I didn't get back to this client in a timely fashion or I missed a deadline. We actually had to ask, Asher and I had to ask for an extension on the book because one reason or another, we both had a lot. She was having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> the baby came early. I mean, there's things things in life that have to change. And yeah. I know we're all sick of hearing this post-COVID, but it's the art of the pivot. And I think mm. women are particularly very good at this. Mm-hmm. Just learning when you have to lean in and pull back and just ask for help. That's one thing we're also really bad yeah, at sometimes. I was just talking to a friend in the car about my dedication of this book. And I dedicated it to three friends in particular that really, this past year that was very busy for me with my career, stepped up with my kids. Mm. And they're like second mothers to them. So my children didn't feel necessarily that they weren't being, you know, that I wasn't, they weren't a priority, even though I wasn't physically the one doing a lot of the stuff. 
That brings up an important point that I really love to speak to women about, especially women who, I don't mean cliche, but do kind of do it all. I yeah, mean, yeah. how important are the adult friendships that we have? I mean, the core ones. We're not talking about, I say yes to every person who asks me anything because that's not healthy or doable. But your people, those three, how crucial is that to us thriving as adult women? I don't know why men don't seem to need it as much, but like, whatever, not concerned about no, that. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> yeah, they they do. don't. It's because we do everything. Uh, yeah. We do everything. They are so important. And I yeah. talk a lot about female friendships too. Because they are so important, I don't think, to your point, no one has time for 9 billion friends anymore. So I think having your tight village and leaning on them when you need it and then being there when they need it. And I feel like this season of life, I now hopefully can give back. Mm -hmm. And they would do it without me ever giving back. Sure. That's, of course. But it's nice now that I can lean into them mm -hmm. a little bit more because I would never have made it through without yeah. them. And so it is important to have that. It really is. Um, spending time in relationships, the ones that are meaningful, and making sure that those friends know that they're valued, even if you can't spend time with them, just yeah. sending them a text, yeah. calling them, because we all need each other. You we need a, It takes a village, as you know. Are there practical, specific ways that y'all carve out time or prioritize or, you know, keep, keep, pouring into one another and keep investing in those friendships. Text chains. I have two groups yeah. of friends. I really hate them. I unsubscribe to like everyone I can, but I have two that I keep going and we'll just be like, hey, I saw this and was thinking about you. Like we love memes, you know, mm -hmm. we'll send this. Just, just keeping that point of contact mm -hmm. so that, you know, you're like, hey guys, will you pray for, especially prayer requests, yes. that kind of thing. Like pray for this, pray for that. Yeah. We need lots of prayer. <laughs> and just again, texting. It's so easy. Just yeah. letting people know you're thinking of them. I just sent somebody a pie the other day that she had to go take care of her dad. Um, she was out of town. So Southern Baked Pie is one of like my favorite yeah. companies. I shipped them a sweet and a savory pie and was just like, thinking about you, hope this takes care of a meal one night. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it doesn't take as much as we think it does. No. I think we heap a lot of shame on ourselves for not being able to do a girl's night every weekend or do the trip every year and all this sort of stuff. But I do see... And I'm a few years younger than you, but I, as we get into phases of life where family and business is the center and it should be the center, it's like, it just, it does take a pie. It takes a meme. And when you know that that is maybe the biggest way you can love someone that day, and then you let yourself go and you get yourself off the hook for not being the friend that you want to be, it's like, it doesn't take much. The closest people in your life you don't have to plan a four-hour sit-down meal with, right? You're just in the ins and outs of each other's day. And sometimes that's all we need to keep going. You're, and you're exactly right. There is, like, the girls' trips had to put, we had to put a pause on them because it's, you know, your free time, mm -hmm. then you maybe want to travel with your family. There will be a season for it. As I guarantee you, as my kids become teenagers, they don't want me around. Yeah. We'll be going back to Palm free Beach. Free as a bird. We'll be free <laughs> as a bird. But, oh, I did want to, one more little tip. I had a friend whose cat died, and I, that day I found out about it. And so Uber Eats, you can get on. I sent them, I think it was like either warm cookies and milk, or then someone had done this for me, sent some like Dairy Queen, mm -hmm. whatever you call them. You can do it as a gift mm -hmm. and send it like right away to someone's house. That's awesome. And it costs like nothing. And it goes to your, I mean, it's Uber Eats. So just things like that. It takes nothing for you to do. Okay, so you've talked about the art of the pivot, which I love. I just love that idea. I think, as you said, 2020 kind of introduced that to the front of everyone's perspective. Tell us about, in your own life, like, what did the pivot look like when Please Be Seated underwent the tornado catastrophe? I mean, y'all were 
Y'all got leveled, to, we to did. say the least. We did. It allowed us to rebuild kind uh-huh. of from scratch. We rebuilt our entire inventory. And we were lucky because we were on the heels of COVID. So we had time. There was mm-hmm. no – we knew we didn't know how long it was going to last. We had a year of insurance. And thank goodness, parties came back right after about that time. And so we were able to rebuild. And we were able to kind of reassess what our inventory looked like and, like, where parties were going and redo our systems. Yeah. Things that businesses, as you know, when they're thriving, sometimes you don't have time to pause right. and say, what's actually working well and what's not? Yeah. So we had time to, like, reevaluate the business. And then – also, during COVID, Mrs. Southern Social exploded. And so, because everybody was online. And so, I stepped away more from Please Be Seated and focused more on that than yeah. I did Please Be Seated. So, you just have to be able to go with it. It's hard It's hard to do. It's It sounds easy. Yeah. It's not easy to do. No, because there's so much fear in that because it is – most of the time when we pivot, right, it's because we've lost what felt like control. Right? Absolutely. And that's the hardest thing. Also, unfortunately, I think more of a female problem than a male yep. problem. Yep. And I just wonder, like, has that been true personally in your life too? Not just in a professional sense. Absolutely. But, yeah. Um, the going back to female friendships, I had a very, very close group of friends and my followers have been with me through this. And it's kind of what led me to talk about female friendships because that's not really in my that's kind of the one thing I step outside of my entertaining yeah. sphere to talk about. Yeah. Because I am a woman and it is important. But years ago, now it was almost eight years ago, we had a massive implosion. It felt mm. like a divorce. It felt like, I mean, our whole group broke up and there was, you know, there were four of us that were best friends. And I had to start over with friendships. Mm. And that's a daunting place. And yeah. a lot of women experienced yeah. that. And I didn't know that. I didn't realize that until I started talking about it. And I had to pivot. And it has led, though, to now a much healthier, more wonderful. Mm. I'm in such a better place with women and yeah. my group of friends now. But it took years and a lot of therapy for yeah. me to like get work through it. It does feel like a divorce. I think people don't realize how painful that is until they've walked through it. And I get that. And I just appreciate you being so honest about it because it's something even literally last night, my little Bible study group, we were talking about those things. And like, how do you endure that? And also, how do you kind of be the one to deliver, hey, like, I don't mean this to hurt your feelings, but I can't pour into this relationship with you right now. That's such a hard thing to say. It is. But as you, you know, I think a lot of it too just comes with getting older yeah. and getting getting more comfortable with healthy boundaries yeah. and knowing what that is. And then also not necessarily realizing you're in a toxic relationship. I mean, yeah. we talk so much about it with men, but like there are toxic relationships with women. Absolutely. And so I've just now kept my group pretty small. I'll be, you know, I'm friendly with everyone. I mean, I love women. I love people. <laughs> yeah. But I keep my close, close friends very tight because yeah. I think sometimes too, it's just you know, health, again, healthy boundaries, yep. safe people. Yeah. They're safe people. They're not safe people. Yep. And these are things you learn as you get older. Totally. What helped you kind of have, find resolution? Meeting these women. And I, I kind New of fell people. into it. Yeah. And I was open to it. And I, you know, you just, I, I tell people all the time, you ask someone to coffee, mm-hmm. say, do you want to go do X? Like, let's just grab lunch. And then you're like, oh my God, you would so, you would really like my other friend, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden the three of you are super close. And then, yeah. you know, so it's a little bit like matchmaking, I think, friend groups. Like, it I'll is. meet girls and I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to meet so and so. And oftentimes, if I can set that up, they hit it off. Yeah. There really are people for certain seasons, and that really is okay. Absolutely. And I think, again, when you start having kids, 
you know, there are going to be people that you stay, that you walk your entire like life with. Yeah. And then there are going to be some that maybe are just for when they're young and y'all get along and then you realize, okay, this is probably where this is going to end. Yeah. And that's okay. Everyone's not forever. And that's Definitely fine. not. And Thank also God. some women change and become really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like I like a little crazy, but I don't like Fun like, crazy. That's exactly like yeah. fun drama. Not- I like fun drama. And there's a big difference uh, with women. That's true. Well, fun drama could not be better encapsulated than <laughs> in, an, in your book. Well, you're Two books because you have a sequel to your first book without a hitch coming out this summer, which is so exciting. The new book is called Piece of Cake. That's right. But first, tell us about Without a Hitch. Tell us about how you, as a wedding planner, party planner, entrepreneur, ended up being the author of a novel. Was You're that sweet. ever like no. in the cards for you? No. I was a journalism major. So I okay. did have Helpful. some experience in writing. Yes. But I fell into my job as a wedding planner. Again, this was now like almost 20 years ago in Dallas. Mm -hmm. This was before kind of wedding planning was even a thing. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole other story. Again, the art of the pivot. But I fell into this job. I was, I happened to be very good at it. And I was with a company that was like up and coming. And it was Todd Events Mm -hmm. in Dallas. And we did over the top. You just cannot make the stuff up. Like, you know, literally million dollar weddings, which it's actually pretty hard to spend a million dollars on a wedding. (laughs) I mean, in the United States, it can be hard to do. And so I had all of these stories and experiences, and I wasn't looking to write a tell-all, but I would tell these stories like at dinner parties with my friends yeah. so was, when I was young, and they were they would be like, tell me more, tell me more, this is crazy. Yeah. You just can't make this stuff up. And so I reached out to a good friend who went up to Columbia Journalism School and became a proper writer, worked mm. for all kinds of publications, <laughs> very <writer>. talented. <laughs> and that is my co-author, Asher Paul. We went to school. Yeah. We, were, we were best friends in college. So fun. So I said, listen, I have all these stories. I just think it'd be such a fun book. She's like, I'm in. And we happened to have a friend that was a literary agent, like a secretary to a literary agent at the time. And she said, well, hopefully by the time you finish this book, I can be your agent because I'm working my way up too. But you have to write the book first. So we did. And the manuscript that we turned in and got the book deal with looks nothing like what finally came yep. out. But we had a story to tell. I go back to that. I wasn't looking to just write a book to write a book. Mm-hmm. I had a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And I think you have a very similar experience. Yeah. And it makes it much easier and the process much more enjoyable. And so we made it fiction, Mm -hmm. but it is inspired by real life. And then the second book is neat because it's more focused. The first book is much more on wedding planning. And the second book is on a uh, wedding publication based in Nashville. And so we're still though writing about our experiences because we know both of those outlets. But Asher takes all my crazy stories and turns them (laughs) into, you know, a proper story. Are either of you Lottie? Is the main character in the book? We are lots of the characters. Yes. Okay. I mean, Lottie technically is, I was the wedding planner, kind of like right. thrown into this crazy yeah. world. But I am much more like probably Lottie's boss in my yes. personality. Mary Ellen? Yes, yeah. yes. I'm much more manic like her. Um, <laughs> and then in the second book, we're not really anyone. And that was fun. I don't think I'm spoiling anything now by saying that the main character in the second book was the antagonist from the first book, was the villain, is the intern, yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. And that one, even though though it's still funny. It's actually more of a rom-com. There's more romance in it. But there is a bit of the message of you can you can bounce back from things that happen to you. You don't have to be, you know, this whole cancel culture that's going on. Mm, yeah. Obviously, there are certain things you cannot come back from. Right. But in general, not letting your mistakes define your future. Because yeah. that's something Asher and I are worried about with our kids. Is, yeah, of course. You know, we all grew up barely in the Facebook era. Thank God did not have oh Instagram my God, in they, college. I would 100% be canceled. Yeah, and so, we right, gone. We, right. Yeah. Exactly. So, 
those are just things we think about and that you can make, you know, we, we hope that you can make mistakes when you're young and you don't know, and but you, your past doesn't have to define your future and you can be a different person and you yeah. can change. Yeah. And that's the underlying message in the second book. What would you want people to take away from the first book who haven't read it yet? Goodness. Oh, again, the, that you can, uh, your future can be very bright, even mm-hmm. if you, if it's nothing like what you thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at my life. I never thought I'd be a wedding planner and then this would all happen. But yeah. my experiences in the past, like even the fact that I was a broadcast journalism major, I remember when Instagram introduced stories, I was, you know, so many people were terrified and I was like, oh, give me a camera. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. And so, you know, these things that you, yeah. you know, I never thought I'd use my degree and they've come in handy later and that yeah. you don't have to be, you know, boxed into something. Yeah. I think that's part of why I identified with Lottie so much in the first book is that I feel what she felt coming out of college. Not that I planned my wedding with someone that broke my heart, which happens in the first chapter, so I'm not giving anything away. But I think there is this sense of very genuine desire to make a plan and work hard and and try to follow the things and the passions that you have and follow the things that you think like God's leading you toward and those are positive. But I think there is this element of her having to break down the expectation that it's up to her to figure it out, like that her life is in her hands and you kind of see her let go of that slowly. And I felt that in such a big way in my 20s. And so I just think that there's so much beyond just the hilarity of the stories and the romances and all of that. And and I don't know. I don't know if that's something you've experienced. And if if there's like a point in your life where you remember being like, you know what, I'm done trying to plot my own, you know, story here. Like, I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to do what I do best. And I'm going to see what doors open. Do you remember like a point where you realized that? Absolutely. It was after college. I mean, I thought I would just, you know, I grew up, my family, we were not, we were not wealthy. Dad was building his business. We, he did it. I mean, he built an amazing business and we ended up being very comfortable, but I, there was no safety net for me Mm. graduating college, even to this day. Like there was, you know, there's, I had, I knew that I wanted, or I thought I wanted something that was going to always provide stability, a good income. I would, you know, have the job, get married, have the kids, this. And then I fell into this career that did not pay much. And I was doing these wild, crazy things, but I loved it. And I was Mm -hmm. good at it. And look at all of the doors that opened because of it. And so it was very hard for me right after college. I was just doing the wedding planning on the side. I mean, yeah. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do if I was going to go to law school. And this was, kind of, again, it was like my side hustle, yeah. like Please Be Seated was. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, my husband had no experience in party rentals. He came from real estate. And he's like, I guess we're going to do this. It's like our <laughs> full-time job. And thank God we both leaned in and did because yeah. we built this amazing company. And so sometimes you have to let go of what you have like written in stone yes. for yourself, especially a type A person. Yes. That's hard for us. Yeah, that that is a hard pivot. It is. And yeah. it it's difficult to learn how to discern, is this the time to pivot and change and take the next chance? Or is this a time to to keep grinding? You know, it's it's I don't know how how have you navigated, how did you navigate that season of like, you know what? I really do need to stop this. I really do need to go to Nashville. And this, I see this hole in the market. And it could be scary, but but 
that's, I have peace. Like, how do you find that peace in making those pivots? Well, thank, I was married to Paul. And again, when we moved here and he left the family business, it did not go over well. And mm -hmm. they were like, you're leaving. You're taking the only grandchild to Nashville. Yeah. And we did not have, I mean, he was, we had some savings and we were like, we're going to get here and we're going to figure it out. And I always make fun of those people that come here. And I was like, oh wait, I was one of those yeah. people that's like, we're just going to move to Nashville. <laughs> now my family was here and I'm yes, from here. Different. But he was hopefully going to buy, you know, a commercial building and start leasing and then like, you know, do what, same thing, kind of start a maybe business steps. small. And I was going to, you know, maybe be an independent wedding planner. So I booked one wedding and then build from that. And then again, you know, please, that's how the idea for Please Be Seated started. But we did not have, you just, again, you have to kind of take that blind step. Mm -hmm. Now we, we had some ideas of what we right. could do and we had a little savings, but I wouldn't say we like moved here penniless, but at the same time, we took a massive risk. We yeah. did not take partners. We got a loan when we started buying furniture and then we paid that loan back. And then we built our inventory as the weddings came up. Mm -hmm. And so I would only buy things if I knew I had a client totally. to sell them to. Yeah. Now we can buy things mm -hmm. and hope we have a client to sell right. them to. But, you know, we did it. You just baby step it. You baby, baby step, step it. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think what's cool about your whole story and everything that you do, which you've referenced, is you've stayed in your lane and you've stayed true to your skills and true to your passions and have taken, I don't want to say safe because they're not, but sort of safe chances because you know that everything that you have done that may have seemed unimportant or unrelated in your 20s in Dallas, God has coalesced into this amazing sphere that every muscle you've built is now into play. And I think once you get, it, and I'm only in my early 30s, but I look back and I see that being true in my life and things that I did that I felt like were a waste of time and the skills and connections that came out of that have been so crucial in supporting my book and getting this going and doing some of the philanthropy work I do. And I just think that when you have the spirit that you have which is why not, if it makes sense for me and my family, you always gain something from it. Like there's Absolutely. no true failure without gain if you have the right perspective. What do I say? There's never a wasted meeting. I mean, I can't even yeah. tell you that I've gone to, I don't go as, to as many anymore again now with kids, but I went to so many conferences, like female, yeah. you know, those, they have, there's so many different ones. Finding a good one for you is the important thing. But I was like, you know what? I may not have gotten so much out of the speakers. Um, sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. But the people that I would meet, yeah. oh my gosh, it led to so many things. Yeah. I'll never forget my big quote unquote Instagram break came when I met Kristen Cooper at the Southern Sea Conference. We just hit it off as yeah. friends. And I didn't know anything about being an influencer. I had this account that I had started to eventually promote a book. And she was like, let me help you with this. Let yeah. me sit you down. And that was just because we connected as people. Yeah. So there's never a wasted meeting. There's never a wasted, like you said, muscle. But I think just, I don't know that just for me, like starting a bakery would yeah, have been like right. the thing to do. Yes. Using something that you at least have some knowledge about or going to school to do that. Like my friend, Suzanne, who does fabulous eyelashes here in Nashville, your eyelashes look amazing, oh, by the way. I'm like, you. just like thank so you. jealous of them right now. Um, she, you know, knew she wanted to open a lash studio here. So she went and got the training and yeah. then like started off on her own. As long as you have experience, then you can build from that. I think it's probably a little harder to do if you don't have any idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not going to start a boutique, fashion boutique. No, I'm, just I'm not, not. going to open a restaurant. Yeah. It's just not yeah. in the cards. I mean, I could, and maybe I'd hustle enough, but I think having some experience is important. Well, over all of your years of all this experience in the industry, hospitality, weddings, I want to know what would you do differently or redo or recreate about your own wedding 
Oh, which was oh, how long okay. ago? That's a when great question. Twelve years ago. Okay, yeah. Because you know I'm coming ago. up on mine, so I I'm going to be. I'm so excited. Now texting for you. you, being uh, like, yes or no. Ask me everything. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah. I still, you know, the planner in me definitely still comes out. I uh, wish that. Oh, I I should have let more people have their a guest. I was really worried mm. about the guest count and keeping it small because I'd done so yeah. many big weddings. Like unless people were engaged, I didn't let anybody bring a date. Right. You really should let everybody bring it to a wedding. That's also like Emily Post 101. You should just hand yeah. guest any single person yeah. and hope that they make the right choice. Right. Especially if it's destination wedding. You really don't want to get stuck with right. some crazy people. But that's your guest decision. Um, so I wish I had let more people and guest. And then, you know, really, honestly, not much. I mean, I did have four wedding planners working on my wedding because they were all my coworkers at yeah. the time at Todd. So they did a pretty good job yeah. of running my wedding. But I got married here at the Valmead Mansion. Oh, beautiful. It was lovely. I was bringing in air conditioning from Dallas because at the time, no one in town did air See, conditioning. That's wild. Isn't that crazy? Yes. But because I got married Labor Day weekend, which yes. is also a faux Warm. pas. You should not get married on a holiday. Yeah. Of course, I did. I agree with that. You should not. But I did because I was still planning weddings yeah. and was working well, yeah, around my schedule. Right. It was going to be like 90 degrees. Yeah. You know, Nashville's yeah. still very warm. Yeah. So I was bringing in air conditioning because our Dallas family was like, I can't handle the heat. Yeah. And the week of the wedding, it was like this freak cold snap with a high of 72. Oh. So we got to cancel that. And I swear it's because God was like, you know what? I'm You have dealt with so many crazy yeah, brides. Yeah. I'm going to bless you with some good weather. And that was, so I went, I mean, we, it was like California weather. It was That's unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah, it really was. It's great. Well, it sounds like you did it the right way the first time. Thank you. I mean, I planned <laughs> so many weddings. That's the hard thing is I feel like for me, I knew I wanted this very Southern kind of, yeah. you know, wedding. In a, it was a glamorous barn, but it was in a barn. Right. I'm so jealous you're going to Palm Beach. Like, right. that is, like, I could have had a Palm Beach wedding. I could have had a mountain wedding. Yeah. You know, there's just so many things. I have to tell you, I'm on that page because when Ben and I got married here, y'all did the wedding and everything. It was at my parents' home. Kind of same thing. Very... Almost like Southern Garden. Home of the Bride. I love a Home of the Bride wedding. And it was gorgeous and I wouldn't change a thing about it. And now that I, after everything have I've gone through, got this is part of the double portion, right? As I get to do this again with this wonderful man. And I feel like I have a little more freedom to do the crazy things. You you do. Do the tropical and the dress is more less traditional and more couture. And I might wear blue shoes. I don't know. You because should. Why not? You know what? Also, my mom hates that. Sorry, Denise, okay. but I might. I think you should. Maybe. I'm. Not, I, I'm. Yeah. If they're under your dress, you'll be fine. No one sees. No, but I think that's such a cool way to to look at all of that. And that also, as you get older, your taste is a little more refined. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I would have let my bridesmaids maybe pick their own version of the dress. I made yeah. everybody wear the same dress because mm-hmm. I only had five of them, and I probably should have let them do their own in the same color palette. That's yeah. maybe something. But that's also again, this is the older me speaking. Right. I think the more mature bride maybe makes a little bit better decision. I mean, makes some better decisions than the younger bride does that has like 400 bridesmaids and that right. kind of thing. Yeah. There's I, nothing we, that's wrong with that. Yeah. It's just a different It's a different, it's a different season. Thing. It's right. a different look. Oh my gosh. Well, we could go on and on. And honestly, if anyone has not read Without a Hitch, get it. Because these stories, this is just the tip of the iceberg. We haven't even really hit on the crazy stories like the chicken bride and the groom's groom parachuting, parachuting out of a helicopter. I mean, yes. it is yeah. wild. So pick up without a hitch and then wait for a piece of cake this summer. That'll be your perfect summer beach read. Maybe right. I'll take it on my honeymoon. Yes, I'll get you an early copy. Please. Get you an early Let copy. Me, oh, for me, sure. Yeah, at the beach with that, it'll be perfect. But Mary, the way we always end the show is we just want to know something that's bringing you joy right now. <sighs> Probably 
oh, it's so cliche, and I even hate saying it because it's just not my job, <laughs> but my kids. And I wouldn't have said that at all. I would have said they were bringing me misery when they were babies, <laughs> just ruining my life. But no, now it's it's really fun because they still like me because yeah. they're young enough. Like, my son still snuggles with me. Sweet. Like, I have this weird relationship. Like, I've been so in love with him. I already hate his future wife. I talk about yeah. this. But – they still love me, but they're independent. Like, they get themselves up. Yeah. They sleep through the, I mean, it's just, it's a good stage. Yeah. And it's not going to last forever, so I'm soaking it in. I think that's good for all the moms to hear, is you don't have to love every season. You have to love your kid, and you never won't love your kid, but you don't have to love every season. You don't, And you don't have to like them. There yeah. are lots of times I don't like them. It's the same with your spouse. You know, yeah. I love my husband, but there are lots of days I don't like him, and it's freeing when you hear that. That is true. everyone's like, it's so wonderful. Like, being pregnant, everyone's like, it's so wonderful. I am so vain. I hated being pregnant. <laughs> Everything about it. They're like the magic growing in me. I was like, they're ruining my life. I'm afraid I'll probably fall in your camp, but I'll get back to you when I get there. Just text me. (laughs) I'll talk you off the ledge. That's what we're here for. Friends and solidarity and honesty. That's right. Well, you are such a joy. Y'all go follow Mary on Miss Southern Social. Pick up without a hitch and piece of cake when it comes out this summer. Thank you for your heart and your laughter. Thank you. We've had so much fun with you. This is such a joy. Thank you. This show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. Hey, y'all, if you're loving the show, go find that little follow button or plus sign on your podcast app. This will ensure you don't miss a single episode. See you next time.